0: Saying?
1: No handlebars. Everyday success for a better life.
2: Oi, oi, no handlebars listeners, thank you for tuning in. Welcome to our episode about music and what it takes to succeed in music. Listen up. Right, like oh, a boy. big pizza
0: pie that's a
2: morning mm-hmm.
0: oh god i need to stop being so old for how young i am
2: <laughs> so the voice you just heard comes from tommy levita loca or tommy ledvina i guess is his real name that he requests i use at times the way i know tommy is because we're both from the chicago area and found our place in this butt crack of the mountains, secret headquarters with no handlebars And we worked as line cooks together at a very busy pizza restaurant where lots of good times were had. And I got olive oil all over Tommy, much to his demise. And and, did I mention, oh gosh, did I mention he plays really good music? I invited Tommy to come talk to me because the process of achieving in music was something intriguing to me. Especially after we recorded our intro to this podcast, which was written and played by Tommy. How do you find achievement in playing music? What's it like to learn to play guitar? Turns out, it's a lot more deep of a discussion to Tommy than just everyday achievement. So listen up on this dissection of what it means to achieve to a musician like Tommy. You know what I'm saying? Tommy LaVita Loca in the studio. Hi. Hi. Tommy was raised on the South side of Chicago better known to locals as The Hood. I was raised in the Chicagoland suburbs, so yeah, we know it as The Hood. But Tommy, he's still a soft So excuse his attitude, an attitude that makes me ever more effortlessly comfortable around him for some reason. How are you today, Tommy?
0: Uh, subpar at best. I have a little bit of a hangover from last night.
2: Typical musicians.
0: But I'm good,
2: I'm good. How are you? I am dandy. I also went out last night, and what was it? Springfest.
0: It was Springfest last night, and
2: what does that mean to you?
0: A time to socialize out in the open with human beings, but it was pretty fucking boring. Um, <laughs> like attendance this year for Springfest was lacking.
2: Ooh, lacking. So Spring Fest is a concert event put on by the college here in Gunnison every year, somewhere between 420 and Earth Day. Sometimes the names are big, but they're always cold. A lot of times Spring Fest falls during our annual spring snowstorm that happens in Colorado. Other times they're losing their voice due to the altitude.
0: But then for the main stage, they had some honky tonk band. They were jamming. Honky tonk.
2: I didn't know that was your jam.
0: No, that's not my jam, but like if I'm at a venue and they're doing honky tonk stuff, man, I mean, it becomes my jam. <singing> Do you know that one? No. <singing> it became super popular. He was here. On TikTok. So yeah. TikTok stars at the Spring Fest. Oh, well, technically, wait, I think. Thank you, dog.
2: <laughs> the dog is twerking. Oh. Give me that. I had a. <laughs> These dogs are sabotaging this interview.
0: I had a, uh, I came to West End for Springfest my senior year, <laughs> and I got way, way too crossfaded to remember who was here, but it was definitely...
2: Yeah, yeah, we couldn't remember who it was. Anyway, let's get back to who Tommy is. I know Tommy. Okay, whoa, whoa, Rewind, rewind. Tommy is the one who wrote our intro music, so uh-huh. the... How's it go?
0: Don't remember. That was, <laughs> a completely, that, was a completely, that was a completely creative process thing. Everything was just kind of made up on the spot, so I don't yep. remember what it was.
2: So I pretty much forced Tommy to help me out with this intro. He was stoked, but like a musician.
0: I was stoked.
2: He was like, ugh all you want we for me is my cakes. talent
0: we took takes like 40 <laughs> times dude. we
2: took all day to cre- to create that 15 seconds of music and also our boom, boom that because you hate my bass line, i hate the bass line where the doo-doo, doo-doo, yeah, yeah, he hates uh, yeah. it so we created a new bass line, which is that acoustic version of the boom, 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 y'all here so tommy we spent all that damn day doing that <laughs> and it started off with cocktails and creative process right? Was mm-hmm. that typically how it goes?
1: Mm,
0: when I write music, like when I was in Monk 11, uh, usually it was me and my roommate David sitting in my dorm room and like I would have like lyrics or something like that and then we would like look over at each other and laugh about something and then like he would play something on his bass to which I would play something on my guitar. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. It's just like, I don't know, as far as my artistic process goes, because there's like other people out there who are like,
1: and then I was like, be
0: snobby about it. (laughs) Everything's written out very directly. And like, like I said, with a formula,
2: like, 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 I think like everything I've written so far, which has only been like
0: five or six full length songs. And then obviously your podcast jingle. (laughs) Um, I write a lot of lyrics, though and that's like but that's like, the thing
2: music. besides that besides what <laughs> besides that one thing
0: what one thing the podcast the jingle? podcast
2: no, no no moving on
0: we're not calling it a jingle <laughs> we're not allowed to call it a jingle
2: i think it's more of an of an uh uh inspirational revolutionary intro music to a revolutionary podcast yeah so like a jingle <laughs> <laughs> you're a jingle master is that what you want to be called I would like jingle to be, man. I
0: would like to be, I think a jingle writing gig would be a lot of fun. I think, so like over the past year, one of my biggest like dreams and hopes for like doing something with my life has definitely become like, find like, you know, an esports organization or like a streetwear organization that makes YouTube content. And I want to become like an in-house composer or an in-house like music writer for like that kind of stuff. Because... I think it's a lot more pressuring to have a really, really good segment of 30 seconds of music rather than like torturing myself and trying to write like, you know, either a symphony or a song or Ah. something like that.
2: What did you have to say about that, Sensei? She said, your dreams.
0: your dreams. (laughs) They're never going to come into fruition anyway. No,
2: don't be like that. But I think because they can't, and I think we need to go back to the start of why you have developed these dreams because that's a lot about what this podcast is about, of developing goals, developing visions, and pursuing them. Uh-huh. So I want to know, first of all, how old were you when you first picked up a musical instrument?
0: Instruments? hmm Oh, like fourth grade? I was a singer before anything.
2: Really, like choir in elementary?
0: No, so um, when I turned like seven or eight, I think I was seven. Um, I was a soprano at the uh, Queen of Martyrs Catholic Church in Chicago with the adult choir. And my mom took me and we had a director. Her name was Miss Prendergast. Prendergast. Prendergast, 50 and 60. I think my mom at the time was probably like 43. And she was like, obviously besides me, the youngest one in the choir. And we were singing with like a bunch of 50 and 60 year olds. Right now at Western, um, I mean, I'm graduated, but we're also doing Schubert's Mass in G. I'm a community member in the choir. I remember doing that when i was like eight or nine that was pretty chill
2: were you just a small man at the time now you're like six foot something And now three. you're just like a little tommy yeah do you still have that space in your teeth when you were a little kid
0: no so i lost so i have a missing front tooth um but no i lost this uh for multiple reasons um you know getting hit with the baseballs and crashing <laughs> into the back of cars and uh but no i i, I used to have a full set of teeth
2: but now you have a very stylish gap.
0: Yeah, now I have a very stylish gap.
2: <laughs> one of the biggest stylish gaps. Okay, but I'm still going to picture you as a little kid with this gap in your teeth, mm-hmm. sitting in the choir with all these adults, and they're like, "Well,
0: I was sitting. Yeah, so I was sitting with all the ladies because because you
2: had a high voice as a kid.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I think my mom was a soprano, and so I think I don't I like opted out of sitting next to her because I didn't want to sit next to my mom.
2: Yeah, mom, you're so not cool.
0: I've always been in love with music, especially at the like performing. Standpoint. You asked me about instruments though. Instruments.
2: Yeah, so like, Uh, you know, most of us learn the recorder first. Some of us, it's the piano. A lot of people have piano lessons, right? You never, but you play piano, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've never taken lessons for instruments or anything like that. Oh, that's a lie. My sophomore year of college, I did like a semester of lessons with Dr. Violet. Because I wanted to learn more about like the fundamentals of how to play piano. Like, like as far as finger the movement. What first
2: time though? Like when you picked up a guitar? Uh,
0: it was my mom's old guitar. Uh Her name is Maura. The guitar's name. I and was my like mom's your name. Mom. <laughs> My mom's name is Mary Lou. The guitar's name is Maura. Because I was her guitar teacher uh when she was like 16, 14 or 16. Mm-hmm. Guitar teacher.
2: So did your mom teach you? No. You just taught yourself? Yeah. Using YouTube or what? Just plucking Like words? my
0: years. Yeah.
2: My ears. You just like
0: yeah, learn stuff.
2: So your mom was a musician too.
0: To an extent, she definitely like chased different dreams. She played like tennis a lot, and uh, like married my dad. It was like like I don't want to say run of the mill. They have a special relationship. But well, my mom like has like a very like had a dad who was a cop, did music, played tennis, went to college, got a bank job. Bing bang boom, you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have like any like hardcore musicians in my family. Except for me.
2: Except for
0: Yeah. Boom, boom, I'm like boom. the only one who's like actually chased music.
2: So you taught yourself guitar. And how old were you for that?
0: I was still in Chicago at the time. That was 2013. I was born in 97. So do some quick math. 16. 15 or 16.
2: Oh, okay. So you were kind of old. Yeah. 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 Old. And I,
0: well, I played saxophone, like I said, in four, I started oh, in the right, fourth grade. right. And then I stopped sophomore year of high school because I tried to do marching band my freshman year mm. but I wanted to do show choir instead and both of them were there was like some p- kids that were like you know just fucking cracked out of their brain all the time and loved high school and like <laughs> did both show choir and marching band but that wasn't like, I couldn't do yeah, that you know like, like marching band yeah, was failing, cracked out of their head yeah I was failing like every class trying to do because I was in speech <laughs> speech and debate speech I was doing prose poetry stuff but then I was also um trying to be in marching band and show choir freshman year and it was absolutely awful so
2: i can only imagine because i've never ever had anything like that before i've never had choir
0: you've never had choir you've never been in choir (laughs) an hb
2: breaking news (laughs) minute Happy summer from No Handlebars and Jean Taylor's Sporting Goods, locally owned in the Gunnison Valley since 1958. So summer's here and we are in the depths of it. Jean Taylor's is here to help us make it more fun with great gear for some of the best prices in Colorado. Here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, socks are put to the test. So if you need a new favorite pair of merino wool socks or two, swing over to Jean Taylor's on the corner of Tamichi Avenue and Wisconsin for a great deal on some Smartwool socks. Gene Taylor's has offered No Handlebars listeners a special deal of two pairs of Smartwool socks for 40% off. Yeah, that's right. Buy two, get 40% off. Smartwool is a really cool company. First of all, they're socks. Durable for hiking. Durable for anything you can put them through. And stylish for the office. All year round, great socks. Smartwool is a company that has been family-owned and operated since 1939. They might have even known your great-granddaddy's feet. Go get your own. Two for 40% off. No Handlebars is so thankful to Gene Taylors for supporting our podcast and your feet's well-being. Listen later in this episode for our special code for this summer. Valid through August. Alright listeners, let's regroup. Tommy's relationship with music started in his teens, becoming more practiced in high school and then college as more musical opportunities than he even had the capacity for became available. Tommy had a natural knack for the performing arts.
0: I've never been nervous on stage. I don't get nervous on stage.
2: Wow, that's a good skill to
0: have. Yeah, it really is.
2: You know, I have sang karaoke recently. (laughs) Yeah, I did you Agnes she said my favorite song is living on a prayer but i actually sang danzig mother mother uh-huh. 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 at double shot and i was nervous to get up there so nervous right your heart's beating you're so hot uh-huh. so hot uh-huh. get up there beat red sweating know what
1: that feels like. i really don't i really don't So Tommy has this uncanny trait about him,
2: which comes from the practice he's had since he was a teen in performing arts, but also he has a big confidence in himself and the practice he's done. So he's able to get in front of people and say whatever the heck Tommy wants to say. But most of us do have stage fright and there's ways to overcome this. Like I had fright of just talking to people up to fifth grade and then I decided just not to be shy anymore. It's about adopting a new perspective. So I YouTubed, one man named bill lampton and bill lampton has some advice to us on how to overcome stage fright listen up bill lampton phd on youtube
1: hello i'm bill lampton welcome to another version of let's talk about it today we're going to talk about six ways to control your stage fright notice that i didn't say eliminate it we never really get rid of it even seasoned performers like Carly Simon and Barbara Streisand, Bill
2: is really a flash to the past,
1: stayed away from audiences for years because they didn't want to face a live audience. You might want to know, well, Bill, you're a professional speaker. Do you ever get stage fright? Yes, I still do. But I've found six ways to control it, and I want to share those with you. First place, prepare. It sounds like an oversimplification, but it really does matter. Prepare.
2: If you're prepared, you don't have to think about, am I going to mess up? Because you're like, heck, I know what I'm doing. And that can relate to conversations just by having confidence in whatever you're going to say. Preparation is directly linked to confidence. How do I have any room to speak in this conversation? Because all I do is talk to a microphone. Well, you know what? Talking to a microphone is kind of nerve-wracking sometimes, but I was a speech tutor in my community college class for a lot of people who were just learning English. So suck on that. <laughs> Number two is putting your speaking into perspective. Bill gives us a tough love perspective on that.
1: While the event is so important to you and seems even monumental, remember, it's really not likely to be earth shattering.
2: Number three is feeling what you're feeling. Feeling the symptoms of stage fright, the heart beating, etc. And knowing no one else can see that
1: sweaty palms, your throat gets constricted and dry. You wish you could have a drink of water. Your hands are trembling. Your knees are shaking. Your stomach is churning. One shot, or one opportunity. Sees everything you ever wanted. In one moment to capture. Let it slip. Yo. His palm's spaghetti. Knees weak. Arm's spaghetti. His vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous. But on the surface, he looks corn spaghetti. To drop palms. But he keeps on spaghetti. What he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud. He opens his mouth looks spaghetti. Think about it. All of these are internal, not external. An audience won't be aware of them.
2: The fourth piece of advice from Bill is that audiences are naturally friendly as opposed to critical.
1: Why? Because they have been in the same situation themselves. And frankly, they're glad that you're the one up there speaking and not them.
2: The fifth piece of advice from Bill is to forget impressions. Forget the impression you're trying to make on the audience or person you're speaking
1: to. If you are trying to make a great impression, your focus is on yourself. Your focus instead should be on the message and on the audience that you want to receive that message, so
2: This helps in conversation. It helps you to listen to your audience, listen to the person you're talking to, listen to the message you're trying to express and not how you're delivering it. Because if you concentrate on your message, you will naturally deliver it with the confidence you need. Don't be thinking about things they're not noticing, like, does my hair look good? Oh, did I say that kind of weird?
1: Think instead about the message that you want to convey to this audience.
2: All right, all right. The last piece of advice from Bill number six to defeat stage fright really shows his age and that this video is 15 years old long before the trump presidency long before people stopped playing bridge here it is is to play your trump card
1: what is that if you play bridge you know how powerful the trump card is the trump card makes you a winner okay
2: I'm a winner, okay, and only winners hold the Trump card, okay? I'm a huge winner. Really, what something Donald Trump would say? Um, This is unrelated to him, and it's really a wild card in Bridge. So what that means is that you have a card that you know what it is, but no one else knows what it is. So if you're on stage and you mess up...
1: Don't beat yourself over the head about that. Never let the audience know that you're aware of it, because they certainly aren't.
2: I meant to do that! back to you tommy
1: when i
0: get up on stage you just like become a different entity become like something that's not you anymore and you like disappear for an hour or 45 minutes or however long your set is or i'm not saying that i become like the rock star or i become the opera singer i just don't become anything and i've taken everything that i've practiced over the past six to nine months and it just happens, and then you like wake back up when you get off stage, and you're like, "Cool, it's done, it. that's cool. it's over." That's
2: all it is. You know, I almost feel like I felt that in the one karaoke where, like, suddenly, like, yeah, time kind of stands still. Yeah. You're just doing it. Yeah. Besides my life-changing karaoke experiences, there was another memory I have about the limelight that's never left me. One time at a brewery, I was super sloshed, as one certainly becomes at a brewery at times. And a band was playing there that night, and they left their whole setup unattended. Of course, I knew a couple members of the band, so I didn't feel so bad about getting up there and claiming my spot. So yeah, I moseyed on up to that microphone and said, hello, hello. Ain't no one stopped me. Ain't nobody looked. So I just took it away, living on a prayer, came right out, everyone sang with me, and I'll tell ya i felt the limelight i was like oh
0: man i know yeah
2: what people crave in that yeah that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. my profound limelight experience did not shake tommy mostly because the dogs agnes and since amelia were staring at him in the face so they were ex exiled from this conversation and they literally were lending nothing to us no input here so we put them outside I have to check on them in we'll, ten we'll minutes. See what happens. See if they staying
0: there. Uh, where do we leave off at? That, we, is a, that, that is a good question.
2: We were talking about what it takes to play instruments.
0: Ah, could you think anybody can play an instrument? Yes. Do I think you actually have to care in order to be good at an instrument? Yes.
2: You, don't you think that applies to most things in life when you're trying to be good at it? You have no. to care.
0: No. You don't think so? No. You could be naturally gifted and naturally good at throwing a baseball you could be naturally gifted and naturally good at playing an instrument. But your question was, can anybody play an instrument? Yes, but you actually have to give a shit. Like, there's not... I feel like a lot of people, like, do, like, the whole bathroom American Idol bullshit. And, like, they join a group and they're like, I'm God's gift to the earth. But then they don't actually work for anything. So they're blending with an actual ensemble or, like, you know, playing with other people. Or it just doesn't work out for them because they thought at a point in time that they were just better than everyone else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And while they may be good inherently, they're not good with a group. They're not good with, and like when you go and see someone live, like my mom and dad, they used to love Bruce Springsteen. Um, They haven't yeah. listened to him a lot lately Bruce because Steve. the saxophone player for the E Street Band, E Street, right? Yeah, E Street yeah, Band, e Street. he passed away. But they went to, you know, Bruce Springsteen's concert and they said one of the best things about the concert was the saxophone play. Is that why you got into saxophone? No, no, no. I mean, like... My, the reason I got into saxophone was because of Matt, not Maggie, Lisa Simpson from The Simpsons. <laughs> I used to love The Simpsons when she played sax and wanted to play sax. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: I also didn't want to play, like, trumpet because my brother was already doing that and I don't.
2: But you do play trumpet, right? Uh, I
0: can do fundamentals on a trumpet. What I don't do you really play? You
2: play guitar, piano, saxophone, Proficient,
0: vocals. Proficiently, I play guitar, Saxophone, vocals, marimba, not really piano.
2: What the heck is a marimba?
0: A marimba (laughs) is a percussion instrument. It's a pitched instrument. It's a malleted instrument. You can either play it with two, four. I've even seen people play marimba with six. (sighs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Okay, but marimbas are very, very large xylophones. I guess.
2: Here's a quick clip of Tommy playing the marimba on his Instagram. Which is called Tangahunga. The piece is by Philip Glass, and Tommy is redoing the piano version for Marimba. Girl, I could see you at a festival, like hippies spun out on your out of your mind with a bandana on. Marimba thing. Yeah. Playing the marimba to yourself in your living room one day, what does that give you? Does that give you a sense of disappearing as well?
0: I think it's more than a sense of disappearing. I think it's like a sense of like musical freedom because like like the piano. look well, cause when I want to play something like certain on a guitar, right, I might have to like change up my tuning, which takes time and takes thinking power and takes whatever. When you're in front of a keyboard instrument. Like a marimba or a glockenspiel or a xylophone or a piano or whatever.
2: glockenspiel? I thought that was a clock.
0: Uh-uh. <laughs> no. Glockenspiel's is a type of instrument. It's a very metallic. All
2: right. Here comes Tommy talking in all sorts of nerdy musical ways of tunes and levels and types of mallet you use to to achieve different forms of freedom. Psh.
0: So, yeah, I guess it's like kind of disappearing, it's, but it's more like being you but free to be you
2: like in the the zone
0: yeah yeah
2: and that's what makes you care is that you're you found something that you excel at and you care about because it gives you a pleasurable positive experience
0: yeah that and like if i don't get something right i hate myself for it but i thrive off of hating myself what do you mean like
2: does that make you work harder
0: well like yeah as like a vocalist I Very look good. up to, well, I used to look up, I, so I've actually switched voice ranges. So I'm like a tenor now, and I used to be a baritone.
2: was Jefferson Airplane. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <But yeah.
2: laughs> what did Brett used to say when he was voice lessening? What do you mean? We used to work with a guy named Brett. Uh-huh. Tommy was a musical guy with him. And they were well, like, Brett,
0: the, Brett played tuba. That was his main instrument. So
2: they were tuba and saxophone friends, as it goes. And... We I worked was, on the kitchen line together.
0: I was in band with Brett for a semester, I think. Yeah, I
2: saw you guys play once. Yeah. And then every time we were cooking pizzas and we were kind of stressed, Brett would say, okay, Dory, give me a voice lesson. I want to hear you go.
0: <laughs> Brett, Brett was a tenor, by the way. <laughs> Brett, was a, Brett was also a
2: tenor. You hated yourself and you work off of that. No, I like to hate myself. You like to hate yourself. Yeah. but. Did this ever get so extreme that you wanted like quit all together no. learning? No. 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 What do you? Why do you think that exists?
0: Why do I think the hatred for myself exists?
2: Well, you've never wanted to quit. Yeah, because
0: there's always someone better than you.
2: What does that mean? Always something better than you? You mean there's like, always
0: someone better than you? Someone.
2: So you you have a a stripe to achieve to be better than them.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: The competition. Yeah, I that love. Doesn't sound
0: yeah, healthy. music is no. Yes, it is. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
2: Music as a competition
0: healthy. is amazing, yeah.
2: Clearly, I didn't understand competition. I mean, in biology, competition has allowed amazing organisms to develop wings from fish. Absolutely astounding. In the words of Marty Nemco, PhD, written in Psychology Today, quote, Today, the evils of competition get a lot of ink. Meaning, it's been spread around that... Competition separates people or yields too many losers, discouraging any sort of progress. However, many psychologists agree that there are benefits to healthy competition. From AMD.com, they quote that competition is the critical driver of performance and innovation, kind of like Tommy sees it. Nemco gave some examples of where competition is actually good. One example was when he gave some students the task of memorizing the multiple multiplication table the class was not very motivated to do this so what he did was split them into three groups and the winning team would get ice cream well they learned a lot faster than they would have without this incentive or another example is when Nemko was in college and his teacher had promised everyone an a in the class giving them freedom to learn at their own pace but despite Nemco liking the subject, he worked much less hard than he would have.
0: Have you ever been to like a show choir tournament or like no an actual marching people band competition? Like s- no. Yeah, you strive to be better than the other people.
2: It's just like sports. You play your ass
0: off. But you, you sing your ass off. You dance your ass off. You don't stop.
2: So have you ever played sports? Is it anything related sports? Yeah, I played baseball. Yes. This is kind of like the same kind of competitive feeling.
0: No, there's a lot more hatred in music than there is <laughs> in sports, for real. No, like I, I mean, I guess I'm, like in the in the professional realm, like yeah, you see rivalries and you see people on the, ho- you know, in hockey, uh, on the ice, getting pissed off at each other. But there's people who were in Chicago when we were in high school, and like you knew the people from Watsika, and you knew the people from Mount Carmel, and you knew the people.
2: So you saw them Richard. across the marching band field, and, and, and you and made eye contact, and you hated those people. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you hated those people, and And you became better than them
2: as hard as you could.
0: You became better than them.
2: Competition linked to achievement is big for Tommy. He explained to me this one instance where he was just shat on at a Dixieland jazz competition. The Mormons.
0: The well, they're really good at jazz, like really good at jazz, like really good at jazz. The Mormons were so jazz. Utah College Jazz Program. Is that Mormons?
2: BYU. Is that no?
0: The LDS the religious sect group not sect
2: the religious sex group
0: (laughs) the lds is that mormons the latter day saints i don't don't know know. anyway so BYU, big religious school in utah they were also at this festival in california and the the i was the singer for our dixieland group and i was also the lead guitar or not rhythm guitarist yeah and uh we as a group Put a rock spin on it because we were very bored of Dixieland because traditional Dixieland is so fucking boring. <laughs> what is it,
2: what? I so hate Dixieland. Is like, well, it's like, so like,
0: so it's like, when you're smiling, yeah. when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. You know, what I'm saying? Yeah. We put like a very modern twist on it and made the music our own and
2: guitar solo.
0: But BYU shows up to this and we were the set before them. You know we all improv in dixieland and so with the voice like i imitate instruments right like a trumpet. you know and so like you know did that in my set and then the lady from byu who was their lead singer like did that but while staring me in the eye like <laughs> and like we were both like really good at what we did and byu obviously won because they were more traditional and more
2: who can do the better trumpet <laughs> yeah so can you do that again
0: you know, I mean?
2: so if you had advice for somebody who was starting off in music or just had always the dream to get into music competi- com- competition and composition, uh-huh. what would you say? Theory,
0: about? basics theory. Just basic go in theory. and think about it. No, yeah, well, you have like either take a, take class. a class or like look up basic music theory. Don't
2: expect it just come to you you have to work for it.
0: Yeah, well, like draw back to what we were talking about earlier when I was like seven and eight Miss Prendergast. she was our organist at the um oh.
1: Queen of Queen
0: of Martyrs Catholic Church
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, she sat down with me at the organ and taught me, you know as far as Doremi Fasolti goes like
2: you know how it goes
0: yeah one go five three seven eight one and then like you get into like minor solfege which starts on law instead of do. oh
2: yeah
0: la based minor everyone and, like, knows that yeah you gotta like, go through all that and that's like <laughs> do, those are the keys to like knowing music or like even if you're like into jazz like looking up chordal scales and modes and yeah systems and, like so yeah.
2: what's the first step then take a class start listening to music watch some videos talk to a guy like you
0: I think people should find what they're into first, as far as music goes, because like there's people who are all across the board with music and like they're really, really into like, you know, what Kurt Cobain was doing and they really want to get into like the whole punk and like very grimy rock genre, but then like they try to play it in their shit. But then they look up like Scarlatti or Clementi and they're like, oh, I can understand like how to do like this classical piano shit. Find what you love first, right? Find what you're good at second, right? Yeah and expand your knowledge
2: in that. Okay. NHB coupon code moment. Now's the time. Here comes your coupon code for Jean Taylors and Gunnison on the corner of Tamichi Avenue in Wisconsin. So the code that you're going to use when you pick up your pair of two merino wool, smart wool socks and bring them to the counter, and you're going to look at the cashier in the face with a big old smile because you're the nicest person and they're the nicest people. And you're going to say, I would like to use my No Handlebars Summer code for 40% off these two pairs of socks. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, No Handlebars Summer. Thanks, guys, for supporting Gene Taylor's and supporting No Handlebars Podcast. All this requires a lot of the themes that we talk about often in this show which is themes surrounding achievement and pursuing goals and pursuing resilience self betterment, resilience yeah you think resilience is required in music or yeah. Perseverance? yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: so what do you i don't know what
0: to say about that but yeah
2: <laughs> oh yeah what do you define as achievement personally in music in everyday life first
0: Oh, I don't achieve anything in my everyday life. I usually just achieve things in music.
2: So what do you achieve in music?
0: That tingly feeling in your head, you know? When it, when you learn a piece and when you sing it or when you practice it, you're just like, oh, okay, whatever, I'm going over the notes. But then, like, when you get that moment in your, when you're performing and, like, all the frequencies that are coming out of your skull, like if you're singing... When, when when everything connects with who's on stage with you while you're performing, and you get that little tingly feeling in the top of your skull,
2: mm-hmm. that's
0: the achievement. Mm. That's what you're working towards.
2: That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't. I've never felt the tingly feeling. Yeah, like that. Ooh, the electricity in the air is all aligning. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's, it's it's that's exactly what it. Is. You hit that high note, and you you're doing your thing, and like everything else around you is black. No one exists. Everything is just you're in the void. Mm-hmm. And you sing your heart out. That's the achievement. That's the resilience.
2: Oh. yeah. <laughs> cool.
0: Yeah. You put it all out on the stage, man.
2: So you're still learning then.
0: Yeah. Every day.
2: And you're still chasing that feeling
0: and hating myself because and I'm not. Do you ever as, love
2: yourself amongst the hate?
0: Uh, no, nope. There's never been a day where I've gotten off a of stage or gotten out of a rehearsal and been like, that was good. What? Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's unhealthy? Nope. Um, I agree with the statement that there are no two worse words in the English language in music when it comes to like telling people something is good job.
2: Mm. But don't you think that not accepting a content feeling of how today went will kind of drive you crazy in
0: life? Yeah. I want to be driven crazy in music. Ah. All the best musicians were crazy.
1: <laughs> That's
0: true. They really were. I, 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 I think that chasing after something that you can never, ever obtain um, is one of the most healthy ways for a serious musician to carry on their career.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love like getting into the practice room and saying, okay, this was shit yesterday. Let's fix this today. And then finding something else that was shit and worrying about that shit mm-hmm. until you make it not shit anymore.
2: Yeah. You know, a lot of at times in this podcast that um, the message we're pushing is everyday achievements and celebrating your successes in every day and mm-hmm. i think that's important like maybe one part of you is addressing as you go to sleep at night like we worked pretty hard on the instruments today maybe you know i hate myself for what i didn't achieve but yeah
0: i definitely celebrate my little goals when it's like recognized by someone who i also recognize as a good musician it's just something i did because music is also not only a passion but a hobby mm-hmm. So like marimba was not a passion it was a hobby
1: mm-hmm. and
0: yeah i became very good at it you know, I, I did finger air quotes. The reason I became good at it is because I was toxic to myself to become good at it. Mm-hmm. But as a musician who is playing with a group, if you are okay with mediocrity, then it fucks up <laughs> everyone else in the group who doesn't want to be mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so I need to strive to match that the person after me that's caring, most, the person after that's caring the most and then the person after them that's caring the most and the person after them that's caring the most and the
2: person after them is caring in this podcast i'm really trying to calculate how we define achievement but i also don't want to praise me- mediocrity right, right? mediocrity is the word? yeah because yeah it's okay to like get out of bed in the morning sure that's an achievement yeah. but you got to go further than that you have to push yourself you can't be okay with like the lowest level of achievement Right. Getting out of bed is the first step. Right. I like that. Yeah. You have to push yourself in life. Yeah. If you want to get where you want to be, you can't just expect it to happen with the medium or to low effort. Mm-hmm. Where would you like to see music take you in life?
0: I would like to be an assistant professor of vocal music teaching private lessons within the next six years. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I would like to be a conductor of a collegiate. Vocal group, preferably of the. I'll just group it all into one classical genre, but what I would really like is Renaissance music because that shit's banging. I love hearing a good Renaissance
2: (laughs) choral group. Renaissance music. Is that like. So that deep voice you hear in this choral performance is Tommy himself. It's him. Believe it, baby.
0: Don't let everyone's idea of music being an extremely acceptive culture, which it should be. I love, love community choirs. I love inviting community members in the choir. I love people who just do music as a hobby to come in and perform music with people. Don't let my words say to you that, oh, I'm not a hardcore musician because I'm not being toxic myself. Like everyone has a different mindset. Don't let what I've said make you think that you're not a hardcore musician because even I suck and I still think I suck. And that's just my mindset. Um, If you love something in music, just keep doing it and don't get down on yourself. Because if you get down on yourself and it's not healthy for you as a person, it's going to ruin your relationship with music.
2: Music. A lot more than background noise. The next and final clip of audio sounds like... (laughs) But I think it's important to discuss. Here it is, a different take on everyday success. Stop.
0: Stop. Stop giving out achievements to like people who have put in a bare minimum. Because like while they may be like sitting in their home studio and like pressing the same four chords and getting a producer to do their stuff and like they're making good videos on TikTok, which is great, which is awesome. Yeah there are people out here who are still trying to like hold on to a cultural thing that's been growing for the past 600 years and we are not getting any recognition at all for it no one is going to see operas anymore no one is going to but that's one of the highest most emotional art forms but i mean i love great lyrics that talk about breakups that make 14 year olds cry like that's great like i love that for people that they're like making career off of that. But there's people out there who are like making sure that their melisma in this aria is a hundred percent better than what Dmitry Havostrovsky did.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's, there's individual achievements for sure.
2: Yeah. Individual I think
0: you're just talking to a, a large pessimist and like a person <laughs> who forces themselves to get out of bed no matter whether or not they want to. And don't view that as an achievement mm. because my achievements are deeply rooted in my actual passion mm. rather than, Finding achievement in everything I do, yeah. because I don't find achievement in everything I do. Mm-hmm. I think that things are inherently supposed to happen, mm-hmm. and if you want to actually achieve something, you have to change what you're actually passionate about. Like uh, 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 Earl, Earl Sweatshirt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "There's this one line at the beginning of the song that you know he's he, he loves someone, right?" but he doesn't like them a lot because she is not passionate about half the shit that she's into. Mm-hmm. Like you may see, like see something that you like, Oh, I made this painting today. But is that like what you're actually passionate about? Was that like actually like an achievement for you? Was that, or was that just something that you sat down and like escaped from your mind from for three hours? And mm-hmm. You don't actually, you're not actually in love with that. Like that's not something that is going to propel you for the next 40 years of your life. Yeah. Because so, like, life expectancies, right? Beethoven, right? Success at 12, success at 13, success at 14. Now we have a life expectancy. You know, males in the next 30 years might live to be 100 years old, mm-hmm. which is huge because yeah. females will live to, what, 115, 114? Whoa. Fuck. Like, holy shit. That's <laughs> like, crazy. Like, as life expectancy goes up, are we okay with calling, like, our little everyday things that we do achievements? Is that an actual achievement for us.
2: In my perspective, everyday achievements are important to finding self-love and happiness in every day of your life. They're important to propel you on your path to achieving whatever goals you've addressed for yourself. The bigger ones. But we can't let little achievements make us lazy or stop us on our path to success and pursuing our passion. You can't settle for less. You just got to use these everyday successes as motivation. You can do it. The human race wouldn't be where it is today if we settled for less, if we slowed down and we didn't fight for what we wanted to achieve. 100 years is a long time, but life is still too short to not celebrate every day alive.
0: One of my biggest achievements, getting like corny and like getting away from music and stuff like that. And I can't wait to get married. Yeah. I want like a nice plain gold <laughs> wedding band, you know, I want like yeah. a beautiful child that I'll like take care of and like push them to achieve their achievements, mm-hmm. you know, obtain what they want in life.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I'm really excited to have like a little person to like give them the freedom to do what they want to do. I don't want them to be like necessarily to be a musician. I don't want them to be. And an athlete i don't you know they could be a mathematician they could be a, a projector for nasa flights they could be. i don't care just as long as they like find their passion and they find their passion and, like obtain their achievements
2: yeah
0: that's huge i can't wait for that that's my next achievement <laughs>
2: cool
0: anyway right. now can i say bye without being cut yeah, off yeah say bye bye everybody
2: <laughs> thanks tommy <laughs> No handlebars listeners thank you thank you for tuning in today i hope you had a good time learning about the world of music and achievement within that use this episode to address goals that you want to achieve and what it will take to get there it's good to write that stuff down Let's get a round of applause for Tommy LaVita Loca for being on the show and making our intro, outro, and middle of the episode music. Yeah, Tommy. Big shout out to freesound.org for letting us download and use many of their generated sound effects on the website. If you would like to follow Tommy and his musical adventures, you can follow him on Instagram at Tungahunga, T-U-N-G-A, H-U-N-G-A on Instagram you can follow no handlebars at no handlebars underscore podcast on instagram and enjoy our summer season here thanks guys all right whenever you're ready
1: oh yeah no handlebars
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know